Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you what's working now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. Hey Erica, welcome to Business Your Way. I am so excited for our conversation today and where it's going to lead us to and the amount of value that our listeners are going to get from our conversation. So welcome along to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Sandra. I really appreciate it. We're going to have a lot of fun today on our conversation. Nice. What I'd love for you to do, because you know, I would do your profile no justice if I just read it. So I would love if you could introduce yourself, who you serve and how you make your moolah. Yeah, thank you so much. So uh, I am Erica Kastner. I help service-based professionals and business owners develop their online presence. And we really help them think about who's already in front of their ideal customers so they can work with them to leverage their partnerships to drive leads and sales to their organization. And I've been working in some sort of strategy in this environment for over two decades. I started with companies like Longcom Cosmetics, Victoria's Secret companies in that retail space, and then shifted gears with the service-based professionals and business owners in 2015 with my own company. And it's been amazing to see the transformation in the how people market today, how they build relationships. And I know we're going to be talking a lot today about how to leverage who we already have in our current circle of influence and our networks to drive more sales into our business. And I've got some cool tips that'll be able to to help us out with that today. Perfect. And so how do people work with you? So do you work in a done for you mode or do more consultancy role? So how do you make that moolah in your business? Yeah, so uh, it, it's twofold because uh, a lot of what I initially did when I first started my company back in 2015 was working one-on-one with clients. And so we would work specifically on their marketing strategy, but we started with their business plan first, figuring out what is it that they needed to do to drive revenue to their organization and then reverse engineer their process to start building that marketing plan. And through that process, I mean, I've been in business now as we're recording this seven and a half years, but we've been able to introduce some additional services like 
uh, workshops and group coaching, and I'm getting ready to be launching a, a membership initiative that's going to be helping people accelerate their online growth in a huge way. That's more to come on that and, and <laughs> beyond this podcast interview today. But I've been able to scale in a lot of ways because I started with that one-on-one practice, really started getting into the trenches of learning about my customer and then identifying some of their pain points and figuring out how could I offer services beyond that. So it's been it's been a, quite a journey, and I'm excited that we'll get to share maybe some bits and pieces of that journey, lessons that I've learned along the way to help your audience today with, as it relates to growing and scaling their practices. And so, you know, when you first started out in 2015, was it just you or did you have a team or what did that look like? It was just me, myself and I, and I had left, uh, I was actually at the time I had worked for a local chamber of commerce. And that's really what fueled my fire to start working with small business owners in this capacity. They were coming to the chamber thinking that they were going to network and, uh, you know, if they just met a bunch of people, they would get a lot of sales. And we had dealt with a lot of people that were in agency and done for you services, done with you services, people that were solo practitioners. And what I was finding was a lot of these people just didn't have strategy behind what they were doing. And so when I decided to jump ship and, and create my own brand, I really thought about what was that small business owner? What were they thinking about in terms of growing and foundationally, how were they going to grow? But then aspirationally, what the, what were they going to do to scale? And now since then, I have a few members on my team. So it's not just myself anymore. We have a number of things going on. I have a program director. I have a lot of other things that are in the fire to support me in what I do. But in terms of the brand essence, a lot of that is myself. But we do have a small team behind the scenes that's supporting that effort. Nice. And it's it's just an evolution. But I want to pick up on what you said about small business owners going along to the Chamber of Commerce events, <laughs> hoping to find clients. You know, did you find that that was their goal <laughs> as opposed to go along and create relationships and see where that leads? They actually went along there to find sales. Was that your experience? So, you know, initially when I became familiar with what a chamber of commerce did, I didn't even know what that meant until I moved to the Southwest Florida area where I currently live right now, but I didn't even know what an organization like a chamber of commerce did until 2005. And I was, I found myself in this new community and I thought, well, the only way I'm going to start meeting people and potentially getting job opportunities is I had moved here, didn't have a job lined up. There's a lot of things that we won't go into that story today, but my experience with it at first was very it, it, it was a little tacky. It was this, you know, hey, I, I'm, I'm going into a room full of strangers, which was a little awkward. Most people that meet me today would think, oh my goodness, Eric is this big extrovert, but I naturally default to an in- introvert tendency. And going into a room full of strangers and then being attacked with business cards and pitches was just overwhelming to me. And fortunately, when I was approached by one of the, uh, I was I worked for two chambers of commerce over the course of like six or seven years, but the latter chamber that I worked for, uh, they have a little more polished and a little more finesse, but one of the things that I remember developing for that organization and helping that team develop was how do we get our members to start thinking more strategically instead of shoving business cards in front of people's faces, which nobody wants that, by the way, what can we do to elicit real relationships, real conversations, strategic partnerships? So we were coaching people not really coaching in the traditional sense of coaching, but we were guiding people and letting them know, hey, you're an insurance agent, for instance. 
who do you need to know? What are some three industries? Like, what are three industries that need to know you? Like, are they people that would help you refer business and vice versa? And so they're like, oh, well, so yeah, I, realtors would be a good fit and mortgage brokers would be a good fit and attorneys would be a good fit. I'm like, okay, so now your new focus at this networking event is going to be, or to meet realtors, to meet attorneys and to meet mortgage brokers. Like you're going to tune everybody else out because at the end of the day, those industries are the ones you want to build some relationship with so that you can form a, a, a strategic alliance. And like when people started implementing that technique, it was amazing what ended up happening for them, not only for their business, but the rooms at these networking events started becoming more palatable. I mean, people were feeling more connected and more happy to be there because there was a sense of purpose and it wasn't just this random, you know, let's throw a business card in your face and hope and pray that we're going to get a lead. And, and it was frustrating for our members too, because, you know, again, if you're just going in there and hoping and praying that that strategy is going to work, you're going to eventually get the point that it doesn't. And you're going to think that doesn't work anymore. So we wanted to change their way of thinking to help them grow in a way that was going to get them the results that they wanted. Yeah, because I've been to many unnetworking functions and that's exactly what happens is you just constantly, hi, who are you? What do you do? Here's my business card. Here's what I do. And they move on. And I'm like, oh, I didn't It's so here. spammy. It's like, so I spammy. I come here to be sold. I come here <laughs> to find other businesses who we can create relationships and see where it goes over time. Exactly. Um, and then build from there. Yeah. And, you know, I see the same. I'm sure you see this too, Sandra, with LinkedIn. I, I find that I get a lot of LinkedIn requests. And so for our, our listeners today who are, are actively using LinkedIn as a platform to get a pulse on what's happening in the business world, because if you're an agency owner, like your referral partners, or sorry, you're not only your referral partners, but your clients are probably in a business space. So you're probably using LinkedIn as a tool to generate leads. One of the most irritating things that I see come through is a message of, uh, it's usually a bot. It's usually not something that is perpetrated by a human, but it's human input that creates this bot and this language to start spamming people with, oh, you know, here's the war and peace version of everything that I represent and nothing about Hey, how are you? What are you working on? How can I help you? So, you know, it works online too. You know, that, that like, that's essentially when you get those spammy messages, that's like handing your business card out at a networking event. So just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, just don't do it. <laughs> I like that analogy. Yeah, because again, you know, when we are creating relationships, whether it is online or in person, it should be the same like approach. We're not here to sell our business. Well, eventually we are, but initially we need to get to know the other human being. Like exactly. We are human beings and we survive and thrive on creating relationships with like-minded people. So first of all, create a relationship and then see where that might take you. And I think once you start down that track when you're networking, it becomes a whole lot more enjoyable. Yeah, for sure. Because then you're not in this flight or fight sense mm. with where your where your leads are coming from. Like if you can just go to an whether it's an in-person event or hop into a Facebook group. And that's how you and I connected, right? Sandra, yeah. it was, he actually had a, a few mutual Facebook groups that we were connected in. And 
you had made some posts and, and in one group, and then I saw your posts in another group. And I thought maybe we should connect and maybe there's some opportunities for us to connect, but neither one of us are selling each other on our services, but I'm presuming at some point, if we need each other's in each other's life at some point to work together, then sweet. If not, if we can be a conduit for like I'm on your, your show right now, at some point, I'm sure you're going to be on my voices of impact podcast, because I think that what you bring to the table is a great asset to my podcast. So there could be a really good connection for my audience by featuring you on my podcast. And if that's all our relationship is meant to do is to add value to somebody else's life. Sweet. That is my end goal. I'm so excited to bring that, that level of connection to people but if we, if we always think I need my next lead, I need my next lead. I need my next lead. You're going to miss out on all of those gems that kind of come together. And I, not to pat myself on the back, but there are so many people today that are connected in this world because all I did was play connect the dots. Mm -hmm. And then like six years later, they're like, you know, you were really good to me back in the day. And actually I need somebody that does what you do. Can we talk? It's a long game, but I promise you it will serve you so much better and it'll build your reputation and your credibility if you're thinking connection versus transaction. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> connection versus transaction. And that is the core of it, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. So let's change gears a little bit. And networking and creating relationships is the long game, but I want to pick up on that point of referrals. So I know my agency is a lot of uh, the people that we work with come from referrals and they come from two types of referrals in particular. One, the traditional where somebody else refers you, then they pick up the phone, see if you're a good fit. The other one is when someone experiences our services as a third party. So we have a event management agency, so someone will come to our event, they experience the event, they experience our technology, our event app, and then they give me a call. Like, I just attended this event, it was great, the app you had was phenomenal, it was easy, it was intuitive, all of these things. And then they start talking about their event. And so all I've done is focused on delivering an amazing service for my client and it's resulted in new work. So what's your experience and what have you seen your clients do in that referral space? Does it work similar to what my experience is or is that a little different? How can we, you know, really leverage relationships and the referral networks to grow our business? So it, it can certainly happen in the way that you just demonstrated. And it certainly has for me as well. When you said events, one of the things that I used to do way back in the day when I first started my company was I hosted a monthly workshop. And that seems kind of crazy today because people, I guess events are coming back, but, but I literally hosted an in-person workshop where when I first hosted it, I had seven people attend. And then I, the next month I had 14 people and the next month I, it just kept growing organically. And it was, it was a, an opportunity for them to see me as the service provider. But what I did was, which was really smart and strategic. I didn't do this right away, but at first what I did was I thought, okay, I'm trying to fill a room and I'm trying to educate people on what I do in kind of a backwards way. I don't necessarily want to pitch the whole time. I want to showcase and demonstrate. I want to teach them something that they need to know now to prime them for thinking about what they might need on down the road, which was my 
service, you know, my, my coaching at the time, my, my consulting and coaching services. But what I did was I brought people that were, I, I already had some sort of relationship with that had some sort of knowledge on the topic that I was discussing for that particular workshop and put them in the spotlight for the first half of that workshop. So we did basically like a panel discussion, if you will. I mean, the theme of the, the topic was whatever it was. And then I said, you know, let me, let me tap on the shoulder three or four people that I know in this community that could speak to this topic on some level. They're different industry providers, but they have a similar audience to mine. And how can I put them on the spotlight, have them have a little bit of airtime. And then on the back end of that, discussion that that panel discussion, if you will, then teach them something that they needed to know. So it did two things, Sandra. One, it gave me credibility in front of my audience because I had a whole row of rock stars that were there. And, you know, people aren't going to go partner with toads, right? I mean, (laughs) you and I are just meeting for the first time, but like when we do things like this, when we're guesting on other people's shows or we're speaking on other people's stages, that sends a subliminal message to people in your social media audience and your in the in-person audience that you're a credible person. So it built credibility for my audience, but then it also, I had a requirement for my audience to bring guests. So it invited them to include more people into the process. And what that did for that audience was it brought more people together. It gave them more opportunities to connect. And it was just this wonderful experience to help me grow organically and, you know, over time it was, it was a great referral source for me because then I was getting referrals on speakers. I was getting referrals on my, my consulting work. So it, that again, it's another long way to get things done. But, you know, if you're trying to, ch- this is for anybody that's trying to test out material or they're trying to create content or they're trying to create something to make them stand out and build credibility. Why not? You don't have to do it in person, but why not have a, a, a mini panel on a Zoom call just like this and record it and provide it to people and let them know that this is a service that you offer in this event kind of way without doing it in person. So um, hopefully that was a long answer to your to your question, but hopefully there was some nuggets in there that our audience could extrapolate. <laughs> yeah. And that was a really good point is that we don't have to be organizing other people's events and the event doesn't have to be big, but you Mm-mm. could organize a workshop. And like you said, it could just be seven people to start with. And then the next one could double that and double that. But I like also what you said around invite people to bring a guest to the workshop. Yeah. I actually made them bring five people. I was like, <laughs> you're going to do this and you're going to bring five people. And I didn't charge their guests, but you know, everybody else, it was, it was like my gift to them to give to their audience or their guests an opportunity to set my workshop. But what did it do? It invited new people into my sphere of influence that I might not have known. And I ended up eventually getting to work with a few of those people. And so it's just another way to start thinking about how are you adding value into, and that I, I don't, I almost cringe when I say that phrase adding value, because it's just so damn vague, but if you can create some, a differentiator, so like me having an event with four other people, that was unheard of in my market. Like nobody wanted to bring other people in. They all wanted to keep it like, Oh, this is my show. I'm like, screw that. I don't have time for that. Let's bring some more people in here. Let's invite 
like a party. Let's get people connected. That's what it's all about and create some energy and some good vibes, because that's the other thing for our our listeners today. If you are, this is kind of an unspoken thing, but when you're trying to leverage your network and, and boost the impact that you're doing and scaling, you've got to have good energy behind it. Like you have to be a good steward of creating prosperous relationships, creating prosperity in your circle of influence. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be at everything and you don't have to be all happy and go lucky and positive poly all the time. But, you know, what are you doing to personally move the needle in your own world to attract that into your world? And so we just gave that vibe with having those key players in the community come and celebrate with us and and talk about these good things in terms of getting people moving the needle and thinking about that kind of stuff. So Anyway, I could go on and on about that. (laughs) Yeah, but you're right. It's energy attracts energy or energy attracts attention. And Mm -hmm. that's what people are attracted to. For sure, for sure. So if someone is plugging away at their marketing at the moment and they're looking at, you know, their freebie or paid ads or all of the other marketing strategies and trying to make it on social media, TikTok or Instagram, you know, but dancing on the reels is just not the thing. What's your advice for getting started with an intentional referral strategy? So I would suggest that people start with identifying at least three to five logical industries, not people, but industries that are tied to yours. So whatever industry you represent. So I'll use my husband, for example, it's a really easy one for people to get. He's an insurance agent. So the three ref- like industries, the top three industries that are good referral partners for him are realtors, mortgage brokers, and attorneys, right? In that simplified way, of course, there's more people that could certainly refer him. But in this simplified example, I'm going to just limit it to realtors, mortgage brokers, and attorneys. Now, you all have, if you're listening to this today, I'm sure that whatever you're in now, uh, back up here, you have to identify what that looks like for you. You might not be having any affinity with realtors and mortgage brokers, and, and that's okay. Identify the three to five industries that have likely affinity to your industry. Then what you want to do is think about who do you already have connections to in those fields or in those industries. So could you come up with a short list of three, in this example, could you then come up with an example or a a short list of three realtors, then three mortgage brokers, then three attorneys, and literally reach out to those nine people. In this example, again, you're going to have to reverse engineer this for your, your own industry, But then in theory, could you reach out to one person over the next nine business days and say, what are you working on? How can I support you at the moment? These are people you already know. They're not random strangers. They are people that you have some sort of connection to, and they don't have to be your best friends, but they're somebody that, you know, at least has some sort of knowledge of who you are and you know them, but simply reaching out and just saying, Hey, we haven't connected in a while. What are you working on these days? Is there anything I can do to support you at the moment? When you do that, my friend, what's going to happen is this other person might not even respond. You might have people that will respond back and they might say, you know, I'm good. Thanks so much. But you will have people that will respond back and be like, hey, you know, that's so good that you reached out. Yeah, let's jump on a quick call. I'd love to catch up and learn what you're what you're doing. 
when you're on those calls and it doesn't have to be a phone, it doesn't have to be a phone call. It can be a zoom call. It doesn't have to be in person. If you want to make it in person, that's fine too. But when you're in conversation, that's when conversions happen. Conversions won't happen outside of a conversation. They just won't. So we have to make sure that we are engaging in conversations with people without the expectation that they're going to generate leads. We just have to say, what are you, you know, reaching out with an initial ask of what are you working on? Let's connect. How can I help you? And then if they jump on a call with you, then asking the same questions, Hey, what are you working on? How can I help you at the moment? Can I share with you what I'm working on at the moment? And then you start engaging with, Oh, huh. You need to go meet so-and-so or, Hey, you know, you need to go attend this event or things start happening because now you're immersed in a conversation where you're getting information that is going to guide you to the next step of what you got to do. So that's the simplified way of just all you have, you could, everybody that's listening to this right now, if they were just gutsy and ballsy enough to literally grab a list of a piece of paper and write down the three to five industries that are likely already talking and marketing to your customer. And then from there, say, who do I already know? Are there at least three people in these industries that I know that I could just reach out to with a simple email or a simple LinkedIn message and not spam them, but literally just say, hey, it's been a minute since we've reconnected. Love to connect, learn more about you and how I can support you. Are you open for a quick call? And before you know it, you're going to have some conversations on your books to start engaging with what you need to do next to move the needle, not only for your business, but for theirs as well. Those are easy questions. You make that sound so easy. (laughs) (laughs) I know it sounds long-winded when I say it, but I really want to ingrain that, you know, the the formula is simple when you apply it. It's just a matter of repetition and you've got to, you've got to just think simple and strategic and not think, oh, I could talk to 80 people. No, think about the three industries, three people and reach out. And and before you know it, you're going to start having those conversations that'll lead to those conversions that you want. Yeah. Perfect. When the referral comes in, like let's talk, you know, that pipeline of conversion. When you are a service provider, you're having the conversations. There might be an awkward point around, when do I actually then go from conversation to pitch? You know, there's that... It could be a fine line, you know, and if you go too early, it can feel like that networking function. But if you go too late, then they might think that you don't need their business or don't want their business. So it's where's that fine line that we can traverse around having the conversation, moving into the sales conversation? Well, again, referrals and sales conversations are completely different. They're a completely different animal. So if you're going into what I just shared with this referral concept, like there's really no room on the table for a sales conversation unless, and I'll get to this in a second, but let me actually just back up for a second. So whenever I'm on the phone with somebody that I'm, I'm assuming is going to potentially be somebody that I could utilize as a referral partner. If I've got something hot and pressing that's coming up that I think they would be a good fit for, I'm never going to assume, and this is where I'm going to sound like I am so counterintuitive with my advice. So pay attention because I like, this is going to sound awkward, but I promise you, I'm going to lead you on the, on the path to success here. I never assumed that that person ever needs me. 
I never assume that they need me. I will let them know what I'm doing, what I'm working on. And I will drop in, you know, I'd love to, you know, if there's somebody that, you know, that could benefit from this, I would love to have a conversation. Here are some trigger words, you know, or some phrases that you're, if you're hearing in the market that these people are saying this, this, or this, and I always kind of have that in my back pocket, that is a good sign to tip them off to, you know, let them know that I can help them. And usually when I say those, you know, like those phrases, those trigger words that I'm saying in their mind, you know, like, hey, think about this. If you're having conversations with somebody and they say these phrases, that would be a good time to bring me in. I don't want to say nine times out of 10, Sandra, but I will find that more times than not, that person will be like, you know, I actually have that same thought and maybe we should talk about this. Then I'll say something like, you know, I wasn't actually prepared to have that conversation today because I thought this was a catch up call, but I'm happy to dive into that and learn more about where you're at with all of that. And so now it's setting them up for that sales conversation, right? Because depending on their time, like, let's just say I'm having a catch up call with them. If I've only allocated 30 minutes out of my, my, my time, and now we're on minute 28, because now it's it, it, like, I'm the last one to go and the last one to share. I'm not going to have time to go into a sales, you know, discovery call with them or anything like that on my one-on-one stuff. But I can certainly set up another time with them to discuss their challenges in that sales capacity. So I think that's the subtle way that you drop it into the conversation. It's like, you know, you're letting them know this is what I'm up to. This is what I'm working on. These are the people that I work with. These are the trigger words that if you're out there and you hear somebody saying that they're having struggles or they're having problems with blah, 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 whatever that might be for you, then, you know, that's where you wouldn't want to like call me, ring me, email me, connect me. And like I said, that person, if they're feeling that way, they're probably going to say, Hey, maybe we should have a conversation about that. Never, unless there's plenty of time to do it, never have that conversation right there. Always schedule it for another time so that you're prepped and you're ready to go. So that you are in that right mindset because the referral conversation and the sales conversation are totally two different things. And you have to be in the right mindset for it. It's really good advice. And it might organically come together. I mean, I'm not saying that it couldn't, but in most cases, if you're feeling rushed in that sale, now you're switching gears and now you're trying to sell, it's a very rushed thing and people are going to feel that and then they're going to back away. So I would much rather you slow down and say, you know what, I I wasn't prepared to have that conversation today with you, but I'm happy to have that conversation with you. Let's schedule another call so we can talk more about your needs and how I can help you. And I think that is good because I know for myself, it would catch me off on the back foot because I've come into the conversation, not prepared for the sales conversation, just prepared Mm -hmm. for a get to know you, get to know each other, what's going on in my world, what's going on in your world. Yeah. And then to switch brains from that to the sales conversation, that takes, it feels like it takes a whole different part of my brain. Um, Exactly. And then I'd be on the back foot, you know, with that sales conversation Because usually when I'm having that discovery call, when someone has booked some time in my calendar to have that call, I'm prepared ahead of time. I'm Mm -hmm. done a bit of research around, you know, what is it that they've told me about their event so far? What can I find out by doing my own research on the internet, how long it's been going, where they had it last? I'll do all of that research so I don't have to have that conversation in too much depth in the sales conversation, I've already got some background. So going into that conversation without the prep work on my part 
would be going into like a job interview without doing the prep on the company that you're about to pitch yourself to to come work for. So, well, it would be like going to a party, you know, like this is another example of this, Sandra. So it'd be like going to a, a cocktail party, let's say, and you bump into a doctor at a cocktail party and you would never go up to, well, I don't know, maybe some people would do this, but you would never expect a doctor to follow through on what I'm about to share. So you go up and you're like, oh, I, you know, I have this bump on my elbow. Can you take a look at it? The doctor's going to be like, mm, I'm at a party right now. Like I, you're going to have to schedule an appointment. Like that's not something that we're doing right now. So it's very much similar in a, in a coffee getting to know you scenario. You have to have the appropriate setting to then switch gears and have that conversation. So I think again, and the person that is invited to that coffee, because you've reached out there again, their assumption is if you're reaching out just to connect, they don't want to be sold to, but if they're saying, yes, I want to know about your services because I might need it. Again, wipe the slate clean, say, great, I'd love to entertain that thought with you, but let's set up another time to where we could do it, you know, and, and dive deeper into that because that wasn't the purpose of this call today. The purpose was to connect, but I'd love to, to see how I could help you. Let's set up another time to connect. And it's real subtle, you know, it's real subtle and they are more guided and they feel rest assured that you're not trying to rush them into something just because your coffee date's almost up. Yeah. <laughs> The other one that I want to maybe dive a little bit into you and get your thoughts on is I've had the invitation from someone, let's like go do coffee. I'm like, great, that sounds good to me. I'm always up for that. I get to the coffee date and then they're like picking my brain around their event. So then I'm just, you know, brainstorming ideas for their event or they've got somewhere where they're stuck in their event planning. So they've literally decided to do their event themselves. But then they're like, oh, I might go and have coffee with Sandra and find out what she thinks and, you know, get her thoughts on this before I go off. Essentially, they are, you know, free consultation, if you like. Yeah. (laughs) How does someone manage that kind of conversation so whenever somebody is reaching out to me, and this is actually advice that Marie Forleo, I don't know if you follow her at all, Sandra, but she's somebody that I've followed for a very long time. And she actually gave me, not me directly, but she gave uh, in, a, in a talk that she did, she gave this advice and I watched this talk and I've used it ever since. And I'll share it with our audience today. But one of the things that Marie says, whenever you're getting accosted for a coffee date, you as the service provider need to be crystal clear on what that coffee date is about. So I think it's perfectly okay to fire back. If, especially if you're getting that in an email or a Facebook message or whatever, you know, wherever you're getting that message and literally saying, would this be a getting to know you or, you know, catching up call, or is this a client call being very direct and very upfront? Because what you don't want is being lamb blasted when you show up and you're, and you weren't anticipating that you were going to be, picked to death, you know, like she, she basically calls it, you know, you would never walk into a, a, a store and walk in and grab a bunch of sweaters off the shelf and walk out the door. And what people don't get is that when we're in the service-based world, that's our intellectual property. That is our, our systems, our processes, everything. And so to get that picked from our brain, it's essentially stealing our IP, So I think as a service provider, I don't think I know this about myself because I used to fall prey to that all the time. But until Marie came along and suggested this little nugget, I would suggest that you come back and say, I'd love to connect. 
just so I'm clear about how much time to schedule, is this going to be a catch up call or is this going to be a client consult call? And then, you know, let them answer and then say, great, you know, I'm so fired up to do that catch up call. And if they start dancing down that road of wanting to pick your brain, wanting to pick your brain, wanting to pick your brain, it's totally appropriate for you in that coffee context to let them know, you know, that's something that I discussed in my consult calls. And I'm happy to set that up. I was under the impression that this was going to be a catch up call. I'm happy to set one of those consult calls up for you. But my price is this for that hour or whatever it is, and let it be. You might have to do that two or three times because people will get sneaky and they'll try to weave that back in. But you as the service provider have to be so guarded about your time and say, you know what, I'd love to answer that question, but that's something I usually answer my consult calls. And if you'd love to schedule one, I'm happy to do that. I was under the impression this was a, a, a you know, a catch-up call today. And so I'm not, I'm not thinking in my, catch, in my consult brain, I'm thinking of my catch-up call brain. And you could you know, have a fun joke about it, right? But you're very serious in the fact that you're not messing around when it comes to brain pickers. And I won't tolerate it anymore. I'm point blank when I get those requests. I'm like, is this a consult or a catch up call? And, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes get in that fine print or, you know, when they're trying to write me a message, be like, this has got a consult call all over it. And I just send them my link. And, and I, literally, I have a calendar link that has a payment button on it that they can book the time with me if they want. They can pick my brain for the whole freaking hour, but they're going to pay for it. <laughs> Yeah, and I I kind of have a slightly different kind of approach in that I'll share, I won't share the deep nitty gritty, I will share like a bit of surface level direction, because I'm like, this is a good, you know, I'm not going to give away everything I know, but right. if I can help them in a small way, decide on the direction, so I end up by asking more questions. So my strategy is, isn't to answer their question with the answer. My strategy is to answer their question with a question mm-hmm. to get them thinking about their own solution. Yeah. So, I like that strategy. You know, a bit of a, a coaching call, but yeah, I kind of think the more I help someone else, that will come back to me twofold mm-hmm. in the future. So I have that kind yeah, of sure. reciprocity approach I suppose to the way that I've dealt with it like and yeah. sometimes I walk away from those meetings going was that the best way to deal with it so I'm not sure that there is a like a right or a wrong or a whichever way to I think it's just about maybe how you feel comfortable about dealing with those kind of calls right yeah for sure and I and in my experience I so you have to consider that prior to me launching my business, I worked for a local organization that did this all day for everybody. Right. And so not, not to the level that I do it today, because there's a lot of strategy. There's a lot of other things that I do in my done for you services versus some of these other workshops that I offer. But I had this reputation of kind of having the pulse on what was happening in town, what was happening in business development. And so I have this reputation even seven years later, like I will still have people back in the day when I worked at the chamber, there would be people that would all the time give me their job descriptions and job resumes because they knew I had a wide network and I could maybe hook them up with somebody that, you know, that they needed to hire and, or maybe that they needed to get a new job and, and, and I knew of opportunities. 
to this day, I'll get job resumes. And that's not what I, that's the farthest thing from what I do, but I still get those resumes in my box because they're so conditioned that that's what I did for so many years prior to launching my business. Here it is seven and a half years later. So I think it's just going to depend on how you feel. You're going to, as you're listening to this today, you could take Sanders approach. You could take my approach. What you are going to have to do is practice that approach because it's going to feel awkward at first when you're trying that on, especially if you're not used to uh, like doing a little bit of pushback. And when Marie first suggested that to her audience back in 2017, I think it was, I was really reluctant to push back and be like, oh, well, I don't want to turn people away. But I then realized that my time has a price tag. And if I want to do the kick-ass things that I want to do, I can't let people piss away my time by asking me free advice all day. I would never make money. I would never make the impact that I'm making today if I just let people take advantage of me that way. Mm -hmm. So you have to make that decision, but practice that, that position and stick with it. And I do like that analogy you gave around Marie's, like you'd never go into a store and just take three sweatshirts and walk out the door. Right. It's the same for us in the knowledge industry. All service providers are knowledge and our what we do is based on the knowledge and experience that we bring to a situation you know, above and beyond what our client already has. That's the area that they're usually lacking, which is why they get us in. So yeah, it's the same thing. I really do love that analogy. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. I'm glad that that, you found that helpful. Yeah. (laughs) That's going to stick with me. Like that has already, I can feel it sticking (laughs) in my brain. (laughs) Seeing somebody walk into a store and and walk out with with, with lots of sweatshirts. (laughs) Yeah. And really, you know, and it is thinking about the knowledge that you have is valuable because sometimes we're like, we just know what we know. And, you know, doesn't everyone know what we know? Uh, So we don't, actually place that value on it. Well, yeah. Well, we really became connected through Stu McLaren's group, right? And so well, shout out to Stu, not that he would necessarily be listening to this, but big shout out to Stu if he is, but he teaches that, right? Because people need to have an organized way to get that information. And we as service providers might assume that it's commonplace, it's common knowledge, but it's not. And people will pay for, you know, the, the ease of getting that information in a quick way. And so as a service provider, as an agency owner, you have a systematic approach to helping people get that end result because you do it for them. There's a lot of value to that. So charge accordingly, value it yourself, but don't assume that people know it because like they don't, not everybody knows what we know. And so we, we want to provide it for them in an easy fashion, but that's what you're charging for. And that's what you need to, to stick, stick to it and, and, and not give it all away. Give, feel free to give some of it away because it gives people that, that, connection with you and it gives them some sort of dose of what you're all about, but don't feel like you have to give everybody everything because they want it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be careful around what we're sharing with who and when, and when it's paid and when it's not. Exactly. Exactly. Erica, this has been a fantastic conversation today and I've really enjoyed, you know, really getting into how to make your referral networks come together. We'll start creating a referral network that scales your business. Because I do think that, you know, referrals are a key integral part to agency and service business providers. People will talk about you when you've created a reputation that is worthy of being talked about. Because people only refer to people that they trust. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've really I'm glad our conversation. It's been great. Well, same here. I have too. And I've learned a lot from your insights today. And I hope that our audience has taken some nuggets away from this. And, and don't feel like you have to take all of this information and apply it to your world today. Take one thing and work towards implementing that into your practice and see where that might turn your agency around in the next 30 to 60 days. It, it's amazing what a little shift can do in a short amount of time when you're consistent with it. And if you're listening to this episode and you are going to take the approach that Erica has given us by choosing three industries and then identifying three people, it'd be really great if you could, you know, send us a message on Instagram, tag us in a story and let us know that that's what you've done, that it's worked. You've got some coffee dates, you've got some meetings going to start that referral system and putting that into place and spreading your networks far and wide. We'd really love to hear from you. Erica, what is your social media handles and how can people reach out to you? Where do you hang out the most? Thank you for that. So I'm either on Instagram over at Erica Queenie Kastner, or you can find me on LinkedIn, just simply Erica Kastner. But the best place to probably check out what is going on in um, the world, the world that I've created with this building network and building online presence is heading over to ericacastner.com. Perfect. That would be a great start for everyone to get to know you a little better. Any little nuggets or last words that you'd like to leave our audience with today? So, you know, building your business is tough work and it is not an easy road, as you know, but the beautiful part about what you're creating is that you're building legacy. You're building the foundation for something greater than yourself. And so if you can keep your eye on the prize for what you're wanting to do in terms of building that legacy, and when I mean legacy, it's like, who are you impacting in this process? It doesn't necessarily have to be just for your clients or your family. It can be for those relationships around you. Like, what do you want your name to stand for when it's all said and done? And so if you know that about yourself, and if you take some time to do that interpersonal work, it'll make a lot of this other stuff that seems very challenging very easy to overcome because you're focused on the efforts that you're building towards that legacy, not just what's right in front of you in terms of that lead that day. So think lead over legacy, the rest of it will figure itself out. Such good advice, Erica, such good advice. Well, thanks for joining us today and we will catch up again real soon. Thank you. You're back. Before you go today, I wanted to say thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All of the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes. Or if you like to read a really good blog, then you can head over to my website at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. Now you've probably realized that running a business is not for the faint hearted. There are challenges coming at you left, right and centre every day. But I'm here to tell you that challenges are only challenges because you haven't yet found an answer to them. The solution could actually be easier than you may think. But if you're anything like me, you tend to overthink or overanalyse the solution that is right in front of you. So what do you have to do to become the best boss you could possibly be? 
Well, you could go and take my two-minute free agency owner persona quiz at sandrajulian.co forward slash quiz. Here you'll find out how you can scale and streamline your business without compromising you and your lifestyle. I can't wait to know what your results are. So once you've done the quiz, why don't you take a screenshot, jump over to Instagram, share it on your stories, and don't forget to tag me. I'm at sandrajulian.co. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you hit the subscribe button to get notified of the new episodes as soon as they're released. And if you listen on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app, then I'd really appreciate if you could rate the show and perhaps leave a quick review if you are on the Apple app. Those five stars would mean the world to me and it would help get this show in the ears of more online service business owners. Alrighty, my friend, have the most productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.